G'day listeners and welcome back to today's episode of the Keeper League podcast. We're the AFL fantasy podcast that doesn't talk about the superstars. We only talk about the lesser knowns and the players that are going to bring value to your draft and Keeper League teams. Um, I'm the host, Hef, and today I am joined by the great man, the elder statesman, the statesman. How you going, mate? I'm doing very well. Uh, a bit of uh, a busy period, as you can imagine. I think I'm in four different podcasts just this week. So uh, <laughs> kept busy, but uh, loving the research. It's a great time of year, only 43 days before the first bounce. It must be uh, one of those elusive periods where you're not working uh, every day of the week and uh, you actually got a bit of time to do some podcasts. What's going on up in the Territory there, Statesman? No, I'm actually working very hard. So it's it's quite hard to actually find the little segments of an hour I can spare to actually do some podcasts. But look, it is my hobby, so I do enjoy <laughs> it. So I will not complain. That's it. That's it, mate. It is, a, it is good fun. So, well, basically you're on every podcast known to man. Um, you're on the Draft Doctors. You're on the Pod Pod. You appear on the Traders from time to time to give you expertise there. I want you to do this right now. Pick your favourite. Pick your favourite podcast. Oh God, that's <laughs> that's hard. Um, yeah, uh, look, mate, I'm not actually going to make you do it. It's probably like naming your children. Uh, yeah, your I children. actually love them all for different reasons. But uh, obviously, um, the Draft Doctors uh, is where I started doing the podcast, so I, I should say them, shouldn't I? Well, apparently Dossie claims you got him first on his radio show back in Adelaide, so I don't know. Yep, that is true. <laughs> that It's a very long time ago. <laughs> Anyways, we're here to talk about the Sydney Swans. Now, Statesman, I actually had no idea you were a Sydney fan. I put a call out to our gold members and they're like, can you think of a Sydney fan? I, was, was, I said, can you think of a Sydney um, fan I could interview? And they were just like, why don't you just do the Statesman? And I had no idea. Being, you know, we've become pretty good mates over the years. I had no idea. Well, how does that originate? You're a Perth boy. I don't get it. No, I'm actually a Tassie boy, to be fair. So uh, the reason why there's a connection with Sydney is my grandfather, when um, when Sydney used to play on Sundays, the only VFL game you could get in Tassie. So yep. he barracked for them because they were on telly each Sunday and I used to just sit there and watch it with him. But I spent a bit of time in Sydney as well and they were really struggling at the time. So I went and saw them and actually enjoyed and built a connection with them. But to be fair, I'm a bit of a Clayton's footy fan. I'm more into the fantasy than I am about a team. So um, I'm not one of these supporters that goes a bit burko when things aren't going well. I'm actually yep. more interested in who's going well in the fantasy team. Yeah, I'm, I'm a bit the same, to be honest. I'm, don't get me wrong, I'm a diehard Port supporter, but when we're not going too good, the fantasy kind of takes uh, takes over, that's for sure. Um, I don't know why I thought you were from Perth. I think we chatted about Perth a fair bit when you were in Adelaide last and we had a had a few drinks together. I think yeah, I've spent... Yeah, I spent 13 years of yeah, my life in two periods in Perth, yeah. Yeah, maybe that's what I'm thinking. All right, uh, well, we'll get stuck into the show. Let's talk about Sydney in general, though. Really disappointing performance in the grand final. I don't know if you can blame them too much, a young team coming against an uh, absolute powerhouse. But how do you think they go? Do they rebound this year? Or do you think there's going to be some implications from that grand final defeat? What do you reckon? Yeah, it's a really good question. And I think you're... People probably reflect on a few circumstances, the 
the Adelaide Crows are probably the best example in the camp that followed and sort of the way down afterwards. Um, I think they're a team up on the rise. So I probably think it's a little bit more you need to lose one before you learn how to win one. So I think that's probably a bit more. I think they overachieved last year, so maybe grand final wasn't the actual where they deserve to be. Yeah, maybe. Probably semi-finalists probably is a little bit closer to the market. But they're a team on the way up. You are, you are right. When you look at the core of their group, the core is kind of getting younger and younger each year as opposed to some of the other teams that dropped off, dropped off after a um, grand final smashing where their teams are a bit older. So, yeah, I have some faith that they might not go the uh, the wrong way and still keep progressing this season. All right, we'll get stuck into some individual players. Uh, as always this year, um, I'm talking about undervalued players, breakout contenders, and some stash options for the future. So we'll get stuck into the undervalued straight away. And the first one I have is Peter Laddams. So really a shocking year for him after so much hype, getting traded to a new club. We're all expecting big things. Um yeah, didn't really step up. So the questions I've got for you really is how much does Hickey have left because he's the one kind of getting his way and is it possible that he steps up this year? Look, it is possible, but it probably requires Hickey to have an injury and we can all agree that Hickey's body is not its um, at its best or the peak of his career. Uh, he's in his 30s. I think he turned 32 this year. Yep. Uh, but there's no doubt that he's currently the number one. So he plays a really good defensive role as a ruckman um, as well as creates some options through the gut. So uh, Laddams is number two. Um, I've got a funny feeling that Laddams will probably play a lot more games this year but might be the forward come ruckman. So he's one of those that uh, I think, depending on how many keepers you've got, that you hold on to him because there should be some paybacks for the owners in the reasonable foreseeable future. Is he one that still has forward status here? I can't remember off the top of my head. Um, I don't know. Uh, I don't think yeah. so. I think he's ruck only. Yeah, I think you're right. So that probably makes him a little bit harder to keep in some keep leagues. Depends how um, how your league operates. What we found, you might find this interesting statement, is because um, ultimate footy is no more. We've lost the uh, utility position. So a lot of teams, in, if you're holding less than 18, you've lost, you can't play your backup ruck as a utility like a lot of teams can. So it makes it very hard yeah. to either stash your handcuff or um, really stash anyone who's not a number one ruck room for the future. Yeah, it makes it super hard. Um, and you are correct, he is a ruck only. So again, oh yeah, I don't know how you'd keep him this year. And if he is playing forward, it's not going to be the best for his fantasy scoring. He needs that number one full-time ruck. So yeah, I'm, Agreed. I'm, not, a, I'm not really here on him at the moment. Um Next one I want to talk about, I didn't really know whether to talk about him as a breakout or undervalued because we claimed that the Lizard, Nick Blakey, had broken out after his third game last year. I think he was averaging 80 after three rounds, um, 2G4P, too good for the podcast, that is for the new listeners. Um, and then he started to taper. So um, what do you reckon? Can he be more consistent this year? What's the go with the Lizard? Yeah, I think he can be more consistent. I, I think the only real issue with him is that he'll attract tags because they love the footy in his hand. He's so attacking uh, and he can break games open. So I think he will have or continue to have a bit of a flaw because of attention that comes towards him. Um, but I think he'll just get more consistent. Um, the only issue I see with him is I don't think he's going to have a massive ceiling. Yeah. But to say he tapered tapered off his last uh, five games was at 76.6. Yeah, he came home with a wet uh, sail. And he, 
Yeah. Oh, sorry, 73.8. His average was 76.2. So he's still quite fieldable already. I think he only takes another step up. But, look, it won't be massive. I think he might be able to break into the 80. Uh, I can't see him ever being anything um, over the 85 to 90. Yeah, I agree. And I even think that's probably generous with just the kind of just the way he plays, really. Um, he's not a real big – I don't think he's going to be a real big accumulator. He's going to be that kind of dash off the halfback and a team that's probably looking to possess the ball a lot less, which was evident by their fantasy scoring. You know, players like Jake Lloyd couldn't rack up as often and stuff like that. They're a team that probably wants to get the ball yeah. moving forward and not chip around in the back line anymore. So it's going to be hard for him to actually, yeah, put up those big numbers. But like you said, as a 70, 70 to 75 average, 80 if all things go to plan – um, it's not a bad option. And when you consider he's pretty new to this position, only really been playing there a season and a half, it kind of goes to show how kind of a versatile player he is because he's played forward, wing. Um, he's one I think you can draft with confidence just because he'll deliver yeah. you know, a reasonable score most weeks because he's, he's adaptable really. Anyway, uh, we'll get into some uh, other breakout contenders. Um, Braden Campbell fits the mould. Uh, third year in the system. He was a sub a few times last year, especially in the finals as well. Um have you heard any reports on his preseason? Because he's one I'm just wondering, can he break into the side? And if that happens, who does he come in for? Yeah, it, it, this is the biggest issue for the Swans because they've got so much young talent. So Ollie Florent is not getting a, a secured and simple and, and open role. Uh, Justin McInerney is sort of filling gaps. So Braden Campbell sort of fits into that sort of hole a little bit of going where does he slide in? The key thing here is he has a great foot and they'll want that in the team at some point. The problem is, is where? So obviously Matthew Lloyd is not going to lose his position. I think Nick Blakey has already shown that he's going to be in that defensive line. Um, and obviously the, the recruitment from uh, Essendon in a intercept um, defender uh, has created a bit of an option is you probably only squeeze one more small defender. Now, I see Braden Campbell is a bit more of an attacking player. So thinking that he's a halfback flanker that gets a licence uh, or he gets onto the wing. Yeah. The problem is you've got to knock off a couple of players to get there. So I see him... Um, possibly getting um, rotations. I, I can't imagine him missing out on the 23 too often, yep. but it's injuries that'll open it up for him. So it's a late pickup with a, a, a bit of hope, but the kid's got talent, so he'll get opportunities. It's just whether he gets the right type of role to be good enough scorer for you. Yeah, and in terms of his fantasy um, numbers as a junior, he was in the – look, there's a COVID-affected year, so the numbers were hard, but he was in the, the, the higher end of those, I'm pretty sure. So he um, he's definitely a talent, and he was a top-end draft pick. I think – was he – I can't remember. Was he seven or eight around that mark, or was he earlier? Yeah, he was He was certainly first round. Yeah, yeah. Um, for some reason, I've got 16 sitting in my head, but I, I don't know if that's true. Yeah, probably tell you in a second, but uh, we'll move on. I know, I know it was the first round, so yeah. Um, that just kind of goes to show the quality he is, but uh, – yeah, interesting to see that one. If things go his way, he's definitely one to be looking at. Um, the other one I want to look at is Dylan Stevens, and I want to hear your opinion on where you see his kind of ceiling being in the future because it was awesome to see him secure a spot in the end, like played the uh, last third of the season really, um, all the way through to the grand final. Um, the only issue is like he got 
a decent role in the end, but didn't really show us anything fantasy-wise. Um, he played really on the outside a lot with a few patches up forward um, and kind of rotated through those wings. So, I don't know, can you see him going another step this year? Um, like, was, any step would be good, but uh, basically, what do you think he could average this year? He's he's a wingman, and I, wingmans are losing their, their ceiling. Correct. Um, even... Absolute stars like Gaffer sort of dropping away, and some may say it's the result of um, how the team is travelling there at West Coast as part of it. Um, but also, clubs are getting more that you get it out of the guts, you get in the forward line as quick as you possible, you try and keep it as the forward line as long as you can till you get six points, and then we go back and start again. So there's not many teams that are holding on to the footy and and chipping it wide like we were seeing probably five, six years ago. Um, So therefore, there's a cap on his ceiling. Look, he's a good player, but at the end of the day, he's not going to um, get inside mid-time, so his ceiling's capped. So look, I think he's a a mid-70s, high-70s, outside midfielder, which the reality is stream option. Um, you wait till, you know, it gives you a good score, score in an early game and you you use it from um, the bench. But that's all I see him at the moment, uh, unless I see some changes because he's got quite a few players that he's um, rotating through that sort of outside role and McAnooney's another Example of that. Yeah, no, you're 100% correct on the uh, the wings there. So I'm rolling through the basically top 50 midfielders here. You're waiting until you get to about rank 29 so you get the best um, scoring winger, and that's Carl Amon at 96. And, like, you keep going down, yep. the probably the next best one keeps scrolling down. Um, like, do you, do you include Mitch Duncan who can run – he just runs up and down from a halfback flank all day. I don't know if you include him, but Lockie Whitfield's probably the next one and probably had a career-worst season – of 90. Well, not a career worst, but you know what I mean? Like he dipped a lot um, last yeah. year with an average of 90. So you're right. With the trends of those players, they're not going the right direction. And, you know, if you're looking at the pinnacle as being Carl Amon, I don't know if that's the kind of, yeah, player you really should be targeting. That's all. Especially as a mid only. Sure. Yeah, correct. If they're a defender that could push to a wing, like that's perfect. Um, but yeah, if they're a mid only, it's probably not going to be too attractive. That's all. Yeah. Stream options. Yeah. Um, let's move on to the stash options. Um, so players that we think are worth a hold for the future. Now, these are my opinion, Statesman. You have, might have different ones, and um, feel free to tell me I'm wrong at any time. But the one I've got as a stash option here, and I'm still not sold on him, to be honest. It's purely on his junior fantasy numbers, and that's uh, Gus Sheldrick, Angus Sheldrick. So um, massive fantasy scorer as a junior, but he's a pretty little fella, and he kind of plays a bit more as a, a small uh, forward role, a general forward role for Sydney. Um do you think he can ever replicate that underage fantasy scoring at senior level? And is he a player worth holding on to? Look, I, I think he's some quality. The problem is, is where does he get that midfield time? Where is that's where his scoring is? So you're talking Mills, Parker, Warner, Rowbottom are probably the the big four. Then you've got Goulden, who's going to get some time. You're probably going to have Tom Papley, who I think has got some ability to lift his scoring this year. Yep. You've got McInerney, you've got Florent, um, you've got Dylan Stevens. So there's so many that can roll through there. Um, him getting quality inside time to to show 
his junior scoring is probably not achievable this year um, unless there's a long list of injuries. No, 100% agree. You're going to be waiting a while for him to have, like, I just feel like they might develop him into a different role, like maybe even like a pressure forward type thing because, you know, if he's got that inside game but he's a bit smaller and can kind of set up forward and kick a few goals as well like he's been doing in the uh, in the twos, um, they might kind of change his kind of game style for that and it does happen to some players. Another one is um, Matt Roberts. He was a big um, big name in last year's draft, really. Um, he's one of Kayser's favourite. He was talking about peeps. I don't know a heap about him, but what are your thoughts on Matt Roberts? The listeners seem interested in him. Yeah, no, I'm I'm a fan. Um, again, we talk about that sort of uh, mid-time. So I think he's one that they'll try and get CBAs into this year. The problem is this will be giving him development time. It won't be giving him, okay, you're part of the engine room now, let's go. So he is definitely a stash, but I see him more likely to get inside mid-time than Sheldrick. I think Sheldrick might play as that small forward more than actually get the CBAs. Yeah, I, actually, I do remember Roberts now. He was the one that only scored six last year and didn't play much game time when he did came, come on. So, um, yeah, no, I do remember him now. Um, hopefully he gets a bit more of a run this year. But, um, yeah, definitely I think one to stash because there are some signs of potential. We're just yet to see it at the senior level, that's all. Um, we'll move on to some listener questions now. So um, the 96ers, they ask two words, row and bottom. Uh, and one question he's got here, can he push to be an elite 90 to 100 territory this year and is he a keeper? Yes, he's a keeper, and yes, he can push into the to the ninety to a hundred. Um, so obviously, JPK is the one that's uh, um, left a bit of inside time. We also Mills saw Mills at the second half of the year actually reduce his CBAs. He went out to the wing um, a lot more, and they. St- yeah, and not only that was used as a bit of a sweeper and a cleaner in defence. Uh, which is a little bit of a worrying side. Now, I don't know whether that's uh, coach-driven uh, or whether that's actually player-driven. Um, but as soon as he moved out of the CBAs and without JPK there as well, row bottom just went sick. So we're talking last five games of an average of 107. So that's where the bit of excitement is. Um, no doubt that he's going to play that junkyard role um, for the Swans, so I see Rowbottom taking a big step up this year. Yeah, um, I think to play devil's advocate a little bit, um, Kennedy didn't play a hell of a lot from round 10 onwards, So, and it kind of did coincide yep. when he did kind of jump up a little bit there. Kennedy was on the outside a little bit more. I think he was playing, they're trying to keep him uninjured a bit more as well. But um, that said, like I still think there's scope for further development. My worry is... Um, Basically, their midfield setup it rolls so deep, and when he was scoring so well at the back end of the season, it felt like he was like the main inside midfielder. He was kind of given that job um, as a main inside guy. Come finals time, if you look at his CBA numbers, the back it up too, he seemed to dip out a little bit. And Chad Warner seemed to be the kind of guy they went back in there with. So um, I'm just a little bit worried about that. But we have, I think it's one of those ones where you just monitor the preseason because if Horse looks like giving him that kind of main inside role then I think he's, the sky's the limit. He's got so much potential. It just depends how many other players get in his way, I think. But I think like we, like easily, well, very close, he should get a 90 this year. Um, and if everything goes to plan, then it's the 100 yep. plus, I reckon. Yeah, I, I think um, um, the, 60, uh, the 96ers 
actually put it the right way. Just went in a draft doctor mode there just for a second. <laughs> oh, good. Uh, Hef, go on the 69ers instead of the 96ers. Um, but, uh, yeah, th- the range of 90 to 100 is is spot on the mark. He's not going to get yeah. you the close to 110 like he did the back half of the season, but he's going to be in inside guts a lot more than he was last year. Yeah. Like, if he goes 100, I wouldn't be surprised, but I've also just got that bit of feeling that it might – there might just be a few players that get in his way to getting there and a few different roles and things that happen throughout yeah. the year, that's all. Um, at Bego's Boys, um, thoughts on Justin McInerney in 2023 and beyond? Uh, could be a steal if you nab him late. Do you agree? Um, yeah, I think he's worth the punt, but the reality is going to be one of those outsiders again. Um, I, I just can't see him rolling back in defence. I, I think he'll be on the wing rotation. It just limits his ceiling. Yeah, and he was probably most valuable last year with that defender status. And that was really obtained by, oh, I don't know, like he was he scored really well the year before playing across defence, but the only good scores he put up was really when he was in the midfield. So it was a bit of a, yeah, a bit of a false yeah. um, commodity there. And then we kind of saw him play full-time on the wing last year. And as we talked about with the wings, it wasn't great. I don't see his role changing too much. So, um, yeah, I'm going to I'm gonna pass on him this year, although I was his biggest fan a couple of years ago. But, uh, yeah, I'm off him at the moment. Um, at Warner Brothers, AFL was asking, um, who benefits the most from the inevitable Lloyd downfall across the next couple of years? Is it Campbell, McInerney, Blakey, Florent, or one of the new draftees? Is Gould waiting for Rampy? And can Errol get CBA time this year? Up upwards of thirty percent. So there's three questions there. Um, who benefits the most from the Lloyd downfall in a few years' time? Uh, Blakey and Campbell. Yep, I'd, I'd agree with that. Other than the names he's listed there. Now, is Gould is Gould going to be anything? <laughs> is he waiting for Ramphy to go? What's the go? He's another one of Dossie's boys. So I guarantee you, he's never going to play a game of footy. I think he was one of Dossie's boys because Dossie used to be the ground announcer for Glenelg Tigers and I think Gould was a Glenelg boy uh, in that season having a ripping yep. senior um, thing. So Dossie's always going to love Gould, I think. Um, uh, Errol Gould and CBAs this year, what's your, what's your reckon? Yeah, look, he will get some, um, but he's just so clever as that high half forward role. So yep. I think that's where his main role will be. Yeah, and he's dangerous there for him too. So that's the yeah, that's the thing. Yep. Um, Richard Eliadis asks, uh, does the Lizard King improve again and become a 90-plus backman? We kind of covered that, but do you see 90-plus? Mm, well, certainly not this nah. year. Um, it'd be interesting to see if his role changes a little bit when Lloyd retires. Yep, that's correct. All right, um, let's wrap that one up. So oh, just one last kind of plug. We've got a live show. Well, we, we're joining in on the DT Talk live show at the highway uh, in Adelaide on the 25th of February. Heard a little rumour that uh, the Draft Doctor's listener draft might be held at the same venue on the same day. What's the go there, Statesman? I, I, I don't know how all of this got coordinated. It's like people talk. I, I, yeah, I, I don't know about this. It's, uh, they're just wild rumours. Is there any chance of seeing uh, the Statesman in Adelaide? Uh, there's a chance, but fair to say that uh, it's a very busy time of year for me. So I will try to uh, pop down there, but we'll see how things go at this stage. All right. Well, I hope it happens, mate, and I hope we're having a beer on the uh, on the weekend. Anyway, uh, Pod Pod and the Draft Doctors, that's where you can hear the Statesman. Where can people find you uh, on the socials there, Stato? Yeah, at Statesman33 um, on Twitter. 
Uh, I think it's probably the only one that I sort of uh, cover. We go by the shows on everything else, so Pod Pod and also the Draft Doctors. All right, and while we're at it, we'll plug our stuff uh, at Keeper League Pod on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, YouTube, and TikTok. Uh, make sure you use the code KEEPER20 at manscaped.com to get yourself 20% off and free shipping. And uh, please consider signing up as a member to support the podcast to keep us delivering you this uh, audio goodness each week. Anyways, thanks for joining us, Statesman, and we'll talk to you soon. Absolute pleasure.